This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Amen. Amen. I hope you'll grab a Bible and turn to Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. What do you do when you don't make the team and your boyfriend dumps you and your parents won't quit arguing all on the same week? What do you pray when that's your reality? What do you say to God? What what do you pray when you're investing in friends and there's no receptivity? Do you pray that God comforts you? Do you pray that they would be receptive? Or do you pray for new friends? I don't know. And as we'll see in a minute, that's okay. What do you pray when you unexpectedly and unjustly lose your job? Do you pray that God would have judgment and discipline on those that unjustly fired you? Do you pray that God would comfort you? Do you pray that God would protect your heart from bitterness? Do you pray for God's provision for a new job? I don't know. And that's okay, as we'll see in just a minute. What do, you, what do you say to God when you get cut from the team, your boyfriend dumps you, and mom and dad won't stop arguing? What do you, what do you say to God? I don't know. And that's okay, as we'll see in just a minute. Mike and Renee Rawson are dear real lifers. They've been longtime friends of mine. Here's a picture of Mike and Renee. They're actually in this service right here, as they always are. Look at that. Look at that. All you got to do is mention your name, and you get a round of applause. That's pretty good stuff right there. Mike and, uh, uh, Mike and Renee met many years ago while um, being at church. And as Renee tells the story, most of her adult life before that, she was doing her own thing. Um, She wasn't out breaking laws, but she was just doing her own thing. She was not living for the Lord first. Her mom would call her every Saturday night and ask her if she wanted to join her at church the next morning. And Renee said, as so many people say, that's my only day to sleep in. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure her mom would rattle something off like, well, I bet Jesus wished he could be sleeping in when he was hanging on the cross, you know, or something like that. And Renee tells the story that while that was sobering to her, it was not effective at getting her up. Every now and then, she would join her mom at church, and it was like giving her mom the best gift ever, joining her at church. And in 2004, her mom died, and the next Sunday, Renee found herself sitting in her mom's seat at church. Renee had already raised her two grown sons, and... um, They were doing their own adult thing, and uh, she met Mike as they were serving the homeless in the church, and they formed a friendship. 
And after serving the homeless, that friendship grew into a little more, and, uh, and they decided to get married. And within a few months of them getting married, they got the news that Renee's son, Derek, uh, had stage four cancer. And Derek uh, insisted that they go ahead and go on with the wedding so that he could join his brother, Tim, in walking his mom down the aisle to, uh, for Mike and Renee to get married. And um, sadly and tragically, Derek, with two small daughters, um, died of the cancer. And over the next few months, Derek's brother, Tim, as you might imagine, um, grew sad and grew depressed and found himself in a relationship that wasn't good. And just through a wild, tragic, heartbreaking turn of events, Tim, who I played Little League Baseball with, was shot and killed. And so here, Mike and Renee are newly married, and within three months, both of her adult children have died. They take in three little girls. As Derek was dying, Renee promised him, I will take care of your girls, and that she did. So here they are with car problems and medical problems and now a family of five unprepared on their incomes to raise these three and filled with despair and, as you can imagine, anger. So how do you go on with life when that's your reality? How do you persevere in your faith in God, when that's your reality. What do you say to God when that's your reality? I don't know. And that's okay. As we'll see in our text this morning. One of the reasons we'll see in our text this morning, one of the reasons that Mike and Renee were able to keep on going, and one of the reasons that Mike and Renee were able to endure life, and one of the reasons that Mike and Renee were able to persevere in their faith, and today are on the third row in a church worshiping the living God. One of the reasons why they were able to persevere is because the Holy Spirit was praying for them. Indeed, one of the reasons that you and I can endure. When we find ourselves disoriented, confused, hurt, angry, in a season that we could not have forecasted, that we did not want or welcome, one of the ways that we can endure in life and one of the ways that we can persevere in our faith, one of the reasons that we can is because the Holy Spirit is praying for us. Here's the big idea this morning, you ready? When you don't know what to pray, it's okay. The Holy Spirit will save the day. I hope you'll follow along with me in Romans 8 where we see this big idea taught by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul in Romans 8 has been telling us about the ministry of the Holy Spirit 
And as we've been moving through Romans 8, we see how the Holy Spirit gives hope to those that are suffering, how the Holy Spirit gives hope. And so Paul continues on this theme of hope in the midst of suffering, and he opens it up in verse 26 with the word likewise. So he's continuing to talk about hope in the midst of suffering. He just got through about talking about hope in the midst of suffering, and he says likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray that you would speak to us personally and powerfully. Father, let your sacred scriptures, your holy word, come alive by your spirit in our minds and hearts. We pray, shape us, God. Shape us and change us. Empower us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the big idea that we see in these two verses is just simply this. When you don't know what to pray, when you don't know what to say to God, it's okay the Holy Spirit will save the day. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God himself. The Holy Spirit is the one that comes to live inside of us when we turn from sin and we turn to Jesus and trust in him. It's amazing. It's a miracle. If you're not yet a Christian, it sounds a little weird, but I promise you it's wonderful. God comes closer than our very skin by his Spirit. His Spirit comes to live inside of us never to leave us. The Spirit convicts us and comforts us and guides us. And the Holy Spirit, as we see in our text, he, he prays for us. What's our weakness? Look at verse 26 with me. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. What's our weakness? And some of you may say, well, pastor, how long do you have? Because i got a lot of weaknesses, right? I'm with you there. It's like, it's like I can tell you all day long, about my weaknesses, but in this particular text, Paul is describing our weaknesses. We don't know what to pray. Look at it with me, verse 26. Likewise, the, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Have you ever found yourself in that place? Like, wondering if it was even okay to say that out loud? I don't know what to pray? It's like, how unspiritual does that sound, right? I don't know what to pray. Probably... No problems to it. I'll just go on record and say this as fact. Um, the sermon series that I've received the most feedback for in my entire life of preaching was a sermon series that I taught on on how to pray. And it was a series where we looked at the Acts uh, plan of praying, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And I challenged our whole congregation to pray every day out loud at home. And it's amazing, isn't it, that sometimes the most basic thing strikes the deepest and strikes in the most personal way. But people just kept coming to me and saying, like I had people in our church say, it has changed the culture of our home. Yes! Because we showed them how to pray and what to pray. Start with adoration. We, we adore you, Lord. We praise you for who you are. You are holy. You are mighty. You are loving. You are gracious. You are altogether different. I love you. I adore you. And I worship you. That's adoration. Confession. I am a worm. 
I'm a desperate sinner. I've sinned against you in ways that I know about, in ways that I don't know about. I've sinned against you, God, in what I've thought about, in what I've said, in what I've done, in what I've left undone. Have mercy on me and forgive me, Lord, for my sin. That's confession. Thanksgiving. Thank you, dear God, for loving me when I was unlovable and sending your son to die for me on the cross. Thank you, dear God, for letting Jesus pay the penalty for my sin. Thank you, dear God, that he cried out, it is finished on the cross. Thank you, dear God, that I don't have to taste judgment because you tasted it for me. Thank you that Jesus loved me enough to die in my place. Thank you that he squashed sin and he squashed Satan and he conquered it all through his resurrection from the dead. Thank you that he gives eternal life to me now. Thank you that he washes me clean down to the core of my conscience. And thank you for my church and thank you for my family and thank you for your spirit that lives in me and thank you that heaven is my future home. That's Thanksgiving. And then supplication, requests. Lord, fill me with your spirit and fill me with your love and protect me from the enemy and guard my lips from saying stupid things and protect my heart from meditating on evil things. And Lord, bless my church and protect us and keep us unified. And Lord, would you bring revival to our church? And Father, would you protect our soldiers? And dear God, would you bring peace to Israel? That's supplication. Supplication. Lord, would you heal my aunt of her cancer? Lord, would you... Allow my niece's marriage to be restored. That's supplication. So when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray like that, that's what they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he says, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's where we get adoration. So when Jesus just lays it out, why should we ever find ourselves in a place where we don't know what to pray? Because the pain of life runs deep. Where we don't know what to say to God. Like we can pray adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, but it's like we find ourselves in this, these disorienting places of life where we literally don't know what to say to God. What do you pray when you discover your spouse has been having an affair? What do you pray when you work hard your whole life and in the first few months of your retirement, your spouse gets a diagnosis of a terminal illness? What do you pray, what do you say to God when your business partner was your childhood friend and led your business into bankruptcy without you knowing it? What do you pray? What do you pray when you have three job opportunities right out of college and every advisor in your life has a different opinion about which job you ought to take? What do you pray? What do you pray when you have three schools that you might attend for college and not a single one of them seems better than the other? What do you, what do you pray? I don't know. And that's okay. Because the Holy Spirit is praying for us. Look at verse 26 with me. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. 
for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Paul assumes that we will hit a season, that we will experience an event, that we will go through something that leaves us so hurt, so angry, so confused, so disorienting that we actually don't know what to pray. And he says that's when the Spirit steps in and is praying for us. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Don't miss that. The Spirit of God prays for the children of God. The Spirit of God prays for the people of God. The Spirit of God prays for the followers of Jesus. The Spirit of God himself, he intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. In the previous paragraph, we talked about how we groan to God, how we find ourselves in a place of pain where we don't have words, and what we do is we express our deepest pain from the deepest place with no words to God. And sometimes it's just like, oh. And what Paul is teaching us in this text this morning is that the Spirit of God prays groanings that are too deep for words. Here's the big idea, expand it a little bit. The, the, big, the big idea is, is this, when you don't know what to pray, it's okay. The Holy Spirit saves the day. We say the Holy Spirit saves the day, what do you mean? He just like flies in like Superman and makes everything good. No, but here's, here's the big idea. As we suffer... We can experience comfort and we can have confidence because the Holy Spirit is praying personal and perfect prayers for us. We can have comfort and we can have confidence because the Holy Spirit is praying personal and perfect prayers for us. Look back at the text with me. Verse 26, likewise the Spirit helps us. Anybody need some help today? Anybody done trying to do it all on your own today? Anybody done ready to let down your pride and take on humility and say to God, I can't do it on my own today? And likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Anybody willing to be humble enough to say that to God today? I don't know what to say to you, God. I don't know what, I'm not smart enough, I'm not wise enough. I don't know what to say to you, God. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And look at this. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So where does the comfort come from? The comfort comes in knowing that the Spirit is praying for us and that the Father is the one who searches hearts. What does that mean? That means the Father knows your heart better than you do. <laughs> it means the Father knows your deepest pain. He knows it intimately. He knows it in its details. He knows how you feel it. He knows how long you felt it. He knows who caused it. He knows what brought it about. The Father searches hearts. He goes all the way down to the bottom of the ocean of your hearts, and he sees every little place of pain so when the holy spirit is praying for us we can be confident that he's praying a perfect prayer according to our pain in other words he doesn't leave any of your pain out he he talks to the father about all of it the little mundane stuff that everybody in your family thinks is silly but it's important to you 
the Spirit talks to the Father about it. In the really big, massive stuff that has left you speechless and angry at God, the Spirit feels that, He knows that, and He talks to the Father about that for you. You think, when and how does He talk to God about that? Well, the Spirit is God, and it's a a miracle and a mystery how the Father, Son, and Spirit are one. But the Spirit speaks to the Father on our behalf. This shouldn't surprise us. This is what the Son does. We see this down in... um, well, my notes are taped over the text in Romans, but where Jesus always lives, you look, trace down to verse 34-ish, 33, 34-ish, you see it, where the Son always lives to intercede for the children of God. So Jesus is at the right hand interceding for us, moment by moment, day by day. He always lives. He does not cease to pray for us, and I think that's what the Spirit is doing right now for you, right now right now and the spirit of God while you were sleeping was talking to the the father for you about your pain he searches your heart those things that you've hid from everybody else he sees it those things that you felt pain about that you felt confusion about but you didn't feel brave enough to be vulnerable with anybody else about it good news the spirit knows it the spirit knows it because the Father searches your heart. And so that thing that you're just not brave enough to get out, that thing that you're like, you haven't spoken because you don't even know how to put into words, the Spirit prays to the Father about your pain. So you can experience comfort. Because when the Father hears a prayer of the Spirit, He comforts with His presence. That's what the Father does. That's what the Father does. But that's not it. What, how is this a perfect prayer? How do, we, how do we have comfort and confidence when we're disoriented? How do we have comfort and confidence when we're in pain? How do we have comfort and confidence? Well, it's, it's because the Holy Spirit is praying personal and perfect prayers. He knows two things. The Holy Spirit knows two things. He knows our pain, and he knows God's, he knows God's plan. Look at this with me in verse 27. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit is one with the Father. Therefore, he knows the Father's plan intimately. He knows every detail about the Father's plan for our life. And the Father's big picture ultimate plan for our life is our sanctification, molding us into the image of Jesus. We'll see that later in Romans 8. We'll see that mapped out in clear detail later in the chapter. But the, the Father's plan for us is that we be molded into the image of Jesus, and the Spirit is praying, check this out, the Spirit is praying a perfect prayer for you because He knows the mind of God and the plan of God, and He prays according to the will of God. This is such good news because well-meaning Christians obsess over the will of God all the time. It's, you've got like this analysis paralysis all the time. People are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I, you know, and the Spirit is praying a perfect prayer for you. According to what? The will of God. For you. I, this is immensely encouraging, friends. Because when you don't know what to pray, it's okay. The Holy Spirit will save the day. 
when you don't know what to say, it's okay. It's okay. Because the Spirit, He searches your pain. He knows the mind of God. And He pulls those together. And He prays a perfect and personal prayer to the Father. You can have comfort. And you, you can have confidence that God's purpose in your life will prevail. Amidst the confusion, amidst the pain, amidst the anger, God's purpose in your life will prevail. Paul said it this way in Philippians 1. He says, I'm sure of this, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it under the day of Christ Jesus. Paul, how can you be sure I haven't prayed in a month? No, but the Spirit has every day for you a perfect prayer. This is, this is the privilege of what it means to be a child of God, that when you experience disorienting pain and you don't know what to say to God, you're okay. You're okay. It's okay. It's how much the Holy Spirit loves you. It's how much the Holy Spirit knows you. It's how much the Father cares for you. All this is true. All this is true if you're a child of God. All of this is true if you're a follower of Jesus. All this about the Spirit praying a perfect prayer for you, a personal prayer for you, you experiencing comfort and confidence in the midst of disorienting pain. All of this is true if you've turned to Jesus and you've made him the Lord of your life. So everybody here that is born again today, everyone that is here that is a, a follower of Jesus today, you just get to sigh this massive sigh of spiritual relief that no matter what happens, and no matter if you know anything to say to God, it's okay because the Holy Spirit's going to save the day. But if you're not yet a Christian, make today your day. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, turn to him today. If you've not, let, if you've not yet made Jesus the Lord of your life, the King of your life, make him the Lord of your life today. Just throw up your hands and say, I'm done with being the boss. I'm done with calling the shots. I'm making a royal mess of things. I need King Jesus to be the king of my heart. I need the Lord Jesus to be my master and my savior and my, my Lord. You can do that today. You can turn from the madness and insanity of your sin and you can turn to trust in and follow Jesus and begin to worship him. Listen, if Jesus is not the king of your life, you're not following him, you're just flirting with him, church. But that can change today. If the Spirit of God is stirring in your heart today, do not harden your heart. If you're hearing the softest whisper of God to your heart today, do not harden your heart to the Lord. You may say, but pastor, i got a lot of questions for God. Well, why don't you enter into a relationship with Him and ask Him about them? Some of you are like, pastor, I'm angry with God about a lot, a lot of things. Well, why don't you enter into a relationship with him through faith in his son, trust in him, make him the Lord of your life, and then just pour out your heart to him. The anger, the confusion, the disorientation, all of it. 
So you're like, Pastor, I'm exactly what I'm exactly where you just described. I don't know what to say to God, but my heart is in chaos. Turn to him. Turn to him. Turn to him. And trust him. In the book that we're studying, Paul said, For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You can just you can, you can call on him. With no words, just a groan of desperation, believing he died in your place, he rose from the dead. If you want him to be your Lord, do that today. Just groan to him. Say, God, I don't even know how to say it, but I need you. I don't even know how to say it, but forgive me. I don't even know how to say it, but come into my life. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Holy Spirit, I need you praying for me every day. I need you praying for me every day. I need to know that it's going to be okay, and it's not okay right now, and I don't have that confidence, and I don't have that comfort, but I need you in my life, dear God. Some of you right now, you're just thinking about that friend and that family member that you wish were here this morning. You think, oh, man, they need to hear this. They need to hear this. They need to hear this. Just text them and say, get to church with me next week. God is God is speaking. Get to church with me next week so you can hear about the great love of God. The great hope that we have in the midst of suffering. Who has that? Who has hope in the midst of suffering? The church of Jesus Christ does. Every, every child of God does. And one of the reasons we exist is because our community doesn't and we want them to know that hope. One of the reasons we exist is that our neighbors and our community doesn't, and we want them to experience that comfort and that confidence. That when you don't know what to say, it's okay. The Holy Spirit's going to save the day. I want to give you an opportunity today to call upon the Lord to save you. If you've never done that before, make today your day. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? If you need the Lord this morning, to forgive you of your sins. If you need to make Jesus the Lord and King of your life. If you want to know that the Spirit of God is praying for you. Perfect, personal prayers. Every day. Would, would you say something like this to God? God, I need you. Oh, God, I need you. Please forgive me of my sin. Come and be the king of my life. I believe you died in my place. I believe you rose from the dead. Help me, Lord. If you prayed that for the first time in your life, would you just lift your hand to me and look up at me so I can celebrate with you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I just want to see what God is doing in your heart so I can encourage you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, just lift your hand, look up at me, let me see. If you're worshiping with us online this morning and the spiritual light bulb finally went off for you and you're turning to Jesus and you're trusting in him, would you just leave us a comment saying, I'm trusting in Jesus for the first time. I'm receiving him as my Lord, as my Savior. If you've got a friend that you know the Spirit is nudging your heart to share this good news with, 
just ask for his help right now. Just say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And if you've got a burden, you're just so thankful that the Spirit of God is talking to the Father for you right now, would you just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you search my heart. Thank you that you pray according to the will of God. Oh, Lord, we need you more than we know today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being so amazing. We thank you for praying for us today. Oh, God, thank you for praying for us when we don't know what to pray. We thank you for Mike and Renee's testimony and the way they shine Jesus so bright, and we pray strengthen and sustain them today. And just in hearing this story over and over again, Lord, I'm sure it's raw for them. So pray for them, Lord. Thank you for being our Father. We worship you. We bless you. We honor you, King of kings, Lord of lords, the living God. You have no rivals. <laughs> you put the stars in place. You call them by name. You uphold the universe by the word of your power. We worship you today. We honor you today. It's in Jesus' name and for his glory we pray. Church, let's stand to our feet. Let's sing through the pain. Let's groan to the Father. Let's celebrate. Then when we don't know what to pray, it's okay. Because the Holy Spirit will save the day. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.